Hi guys, it's Graham here from the podcast. Just before the podcast starts, I just want to let you know what we think. So we really appreciate every single listen that we get and we, we're doing our best. You never ever charge for anything. But we have signed up over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. So there's no subscription. It's a one-time thing. You can do it at your leisure. But basically, if you want, you can gift us the price of a cup of coffee. So if you would buy us a cup of coffee, for, for listening to the podcast it's a way to do it now we would never no not a case we would never but we, we're trying our best never not demonetize but there is running costs obviously there's time there's one to help guys to give up a lot of their free time and stuff they get better mics and better quality stuff and have more time to put out better quality content now listen if you don't want to do that that is more than okay honestly we hope that you just keep enjoying the free content and and just supporting the podcast for your lessons because it really does help. We absolutely love doing it and we appreciate every lesson, every bit of feedback and everything going. So if you want, you'll find the link on our Twitter. It's pinned or on our link tree. It should be in there too. So it's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. Thank you and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ever Not Me podcast. My name is Graham, and I'm joined today by Lee and Paul, and we're here to discuss our reaction to Everton one, Nottingham Forest no. Um, lads, straight on date. Lee, what was your what was your initial feeling going into the game, um, watching the game, and uh, coming away one no one Just give us it in brief, please. Uh, my initial thoughts before the game was even before the team came out, um, that we could get something. They've not been on the best run of form. I think before the match, it was one win and nine. Um, seeing the team, the old Ashley Young thing again, um, doesn't fill you with massive confidence. But mm. once the game got started, I, I thought they had a little bit of pressure in the first 10 or 15 minutes. And then I think we controlled it without having loads of the ball. It was what we've become accustomed to now away from home having control of the game without having loads of the ball. And I think we fully, fully deserved the three points. I think we were unlucky not to score more goals, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, very, very happy that we can keep this away form going now as well. With the few, what is it, Burnley is our next away game or Tottenham, something like that. So, yeah, very, very pleased. But actually, not surprised anymore because it's what we're doing away from home. Yeah, it's working. Paul, we've we've been discussing a fair bit about the home form and stuff. But would you be the same as Lee? Um, were you pretty confident in going away? Because strangely, in a way, I sort of was. Uh, I am, um, but no, felt a bit more pressure because I, I felt this. Even as early as it is with the deduction, the points deduction, I felt it was a must win. So I did feel a little bit more stressed about this game because we really needed to bounce back from that United result. Um, and I think my eyes were sort of casting towards Luton. I know Bournemouth have pulled away a little bit, but we couldn't afford not to win this game in my eyes, um, even as draw. So I, I must admit, I, I probably pressured myself more going into it. We're in great form, aren't we, away from home? Um, so I was absolutely at peace with you know with the away form, but just felt pressured because I thought with this game we had to win, mate. So yeah, 
I felt I felt the stress of it all, and obviously the the way we started the game, and I don't know we sort of like to soak up the pressure and stuff like that, but um, thought the lads quickly settled as well. So must admit, halfway through the first half, the, the boys settled nicely, and that pressure eased. And I thought, no, that was we're in this, and um, you know we could well nick this. So yeah, the pressure was there for me, mate. That this this in my eyes was a must win just to set the scene going into the next lot of fixtures. So. Yeah, it was. This was a big, big game for me. Yeah, no, it was massive. So just from something Lee started there, so we can't hide away from it. You know what? Because there's plenty of praise to go out on this pod. Plenty, been plenty, plenty of frustrations before, and I have, it's sort, it's sort of still ringing around here. But he's still persistent with Ashley Young, and you've seen it very early on with Alanga. He was just getting caught and tangled up with him. Luckily, nothing went drastically wrong in that sense but you're just looking at it again I think in the first 10 minutes it was that stupid foul right in the age you know where he should have had the strength to know how to even just at least either block across or usher it out for a, out for a corner but or sorry for a goal kick or a corner if need be but he just fouls him you know for Gibbs White to get over a ball they, they pop it on towards the back post but just Straight away, what like what does Patterson have to do? And do we think that Coleman, the injury, might have done more to Coleman than he's not getting back in? Because, you know, the player I always just reference to, like, you know, when Tim Cahill had a sniff of fitness, he was thrown back into a team, remember? I know that's all boys' days and stuff, but hey-ho, that's the glory days for yourself, sadly. But, do, yeah, do you think it's just maybe a, a throw too far now do you, if Roche is Coleman and like that? And what does Patterson have to do? Well, I think the thing is with, with Dice, mate, as he's shown with a few players, is that he's not prepared to throw a 75% fit player in the team because he expects full throttle, doesn't he, from the first whistle. So I, th- I think, unfortunately, it's going to be frustrating regardless with Dice because he's he's not prepared to roll the dice. He's not prepared to take a risk at all with any players who are probably half-cooked in terms of fitness. So there's no but surprise. He's taking a risk playing Ashley Young. <laughs> no, mate. Listen, don't get me wrong. Can't stand that. Young, yeah. but look, here's a positive. There was no yellow card <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> yeah, um, he didn't get a yellow. I, that's, that's progress. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think with those frustrations, if, if we're going to carry, what age is he? Fucking 43. If we're going to carry, I think he's like, what, 37, 38? I think he's 39, mate. Yeah. That's a good age. It's my age. But if, if you're going to carry a 39 year old who might make mistakes, why not carry carry Nathan Patterson? I don't know what age he is, but why why not carry him? Uh, no, because you've seen it all over Twitter, and, and Leo put this to you, but you're you're seeing people all over Twitter saying, "Um, we're basically playing with ten men. We're playing with ten men." Like, I don't know Harrison. I don't think it's any surprise that Harrison's playing a bit more shit, because he has been. He he, he hasn't been great for me the last few games. Hasn't been terrible, but he's just. He's just running around without anything, any wow factor for me anyway. Um, and I do like him, and I know there's still plenty of time for him to, to get better. But as, as he turned it up, no. But would Patterson help expand his game with the overlapping? And, and that's because I, I just I don't get why he's playing Ashley Young because there's no stability, there's no safeness, there's no agility, there's no mind... Like, what were people talking about? I seen on Twitter too. Um, something I thought myself to be fair as well. But you know, whenever your your body's telling you, 
or sorry, your mind knows what to do, but your body's not quick enough anymore. And that's when players retire. And that's fuck. I've been there myself playing. You know, the only good thing about that is you get to kick the shit out of a few young players. Like, but <laughs> you know, for your team and whoever else, it's not very good. You know, and, and that's what it looks like. And I think I think Alanga could have showed him up a hell of a lot more if he didn't just think the gaff out. And by the way, that was a nice swerve. I was a bit devastated when we didn't get Alanga, but he's pissed too. So I think Ashley Young got lucky there that he played some shit. Yeah, I thought he actually young done well after the opening like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's still baffling because you know, as you just said, Day, he's gonna make mistakes because of his age and he hasn't got the legs that he once had. And he was a very quick player, young when he was a lot younger. Yeah, but um, I I just I personally think he's waiting for Coleman to come back. I don't think he wants. I think we've got what is it? Well, we've actually got like three players in the starting eleven under the age of twenty-three. If you count Dwight McNeil, Dwight McNeil's only only ten and twenty-three, or only just has. And then you've got Bramfwaite, and you have put Patterson in there. So I think he wants the experience. Me personally, I I don't yeah. agree with it. I think Patterson should I, be I, getting. I, don't agree with it. I think. You know, if sorry, just someone like Ashley Young is going to say a 39 age is just a number. And I'm not saying you are this, but I'm thinking of his mindset as I can't have too many young players in there. Well, age is just a number. They can either do it or they can't sort it out, Baldy, you know. Yeah, but I I, I just think he's waiting for Coleman to be fully fit. And I've, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Coleman come on against Newcastle if Young starts again or he come, comes on against Chelsea. Because we've got two games in three days, haven't we? So I can't see Young playing the full 90 minutes in both of them games if he does start both of them. So I just, it baffles me. It's really baffling Mm -hmm. because I think he's got most of his selections since he dropped Michael Keane at the start of the season. I think the team's been pretty solid. We've touched wood, we haven't had a lot of injuries. So we've been able to keep virtually the same 11. And when, you know, Onana's gone out of the team with injuries, Garner's come in and done all right for them. So I think it's a mixture of he doesn't want to play too many youngsters and he's got that continuity as well. But the main thing for me is I think he's waiting for Coleman to be fit. Because Coleman is basically a better version of Young in every sense of the way. He's a little bit younger. He's the club captain. So he's a natural born leader in my eyes, Coleman. I'm sorry, he's Coleman's younger. Fuck me. Someone's that up, don't it? Everton, fuck me. Fresh legs. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I know why I be saying all the time to you, and I love Seamus Coleman. I'd be always like, he's old as fuck. She's on 39. Fuck. But um, well, I didn't yeah. realize he was on the bench against United. I, I didn't yeah, look yeah, at the bench the against United and he was on the bench. Yeah. Madness. Yeah. And he just stayed young in that game too. Okay, now. Could have three Coleman <laughs> and just when he knew the game was gone to get some minutes on his leg. That, that was that was one of the things I felt. But I got fucking some minutes on, minutes on that I could play, be available in Forest even if that was the case. But I don't know what Patterson has to do in a free form. You know, we've rode, we rode the light in there with, with Michelenko. Jesus, we... Um, 
went from went from calm waters to absolute raging storms in the North Sea. They would seem to have plateaued out now. He's actually looking like a quite competent left back with the only way is up. He's starting to get a bit more adventurous. Um, and, and you sort of seem to. I seen a thing yesterday, and just as I'm going to move on now, he's Dwight McNeil because give Arsenal Young enough kicking. So tune in next week and we'll get Arsenal Young all the kicking up. Um, but yeah, just there, there was a passage of play ball that I think Yana gave it on the Dwight McNeil. McNeil. This is about the first 15 minutes, and McNeil turned and hit and just played the ball in the spacing on the wing. Obviously, expecting Michelinco to pull up, but he was still very tucked in. Now, I don't know if that was tactics where it was just fullbacks do not expand in your play, or if it was maybe just a bit of naivety in the set and the other. But even if he sees that or the set and the other, hopefully it flicks a switch in his head and it's like, I, I need to attack the space rather than just move with the team, you know. Because if you did that on the other side, you know, for a fact, Patterson would have been there, you know. So. I, I think he's done that in the second half a lot more. I think the first half seems to be a theme with Dice is that he tries to Lock keep it, it compact and then becomes a bit more expansive in the second half. But, I mean, it's something that you want to do throughout the 90 minutes. Obviously, not being reckless. I understand that. You don't want to believe in yourself short. But, as you said, there was... Yeah. yeah. Well, now he's... No, I was going to say, Michelangelo's been very impressive. Yeah, he's, well, he's our highest rated player for the season so far. I mean, you don't know. I've been saying it for a while now, so, you know, I'm not going to um, run it down your throat like but... See my comment in the chat, <laughs> yes. If you're someone who did, I always back Michelangelo, and I always thought he was good. That raises more questions about your eyesight than last year. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, but I'll I fight that one. From a defensive point of view. I mean, yeah, no, I, defensively, I yeah. he's been solid since, well, I wouldn't say that little half a season he has when, when we first signed him, but I think the last 18 months he's been solid defensively and the last couple of months he's expanded on it a bit. I have, look, I, I don't know, maybe I have the I have that angry Evertonian side on me because I, 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 I just thought it. Last season, he, he looked like he, he won a competition, and that's been me being extremely and I, that's defensive, did defensively, and if anything, he was a baseball player in an attacking sense, because he was definitely not a footballer. Just for me, anyway. But he was I, shit, I, mate. I, he was proper yes, shit. He was fucking horrible. But we all see different things, you know. I still oh, absolutely, I'm not dissing anyone's opinion. He was diabolical. People despise the Ruby. I like the Ruby. Like. Oh, yeah. um, I think we saw them all at the right time, you know. But, you know, again, everybody was wrong. I was right, but it's not... yeah. <laughs> I think I went through a period of hating every player last season and the season before. Oh, fucking right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I was Naturally, dumbing the ball. Like, but then oh, again, yeah. you think how, of everything going on, of everything that's came to fruition now. It's like they must have knew what was going on. You think what was going on in those players' heads? Clearly, seen it against United whenever that shock hit. You know, they can sit and say all they want about we can focus on the game and this, that, and the other. Guys, you, you can't you can't knock dice for going back to basics, mate. And I think that's clearly what, what he's done with a lot of players. Yeah. yeah. Settled them that, down that as they, yeah. Back to you basics. can see that. You yeah. can see it. And it's helped a few of them, mate. It hasn't and listen, I you know, and a lot of the time at Dice, especially at home, because obviously homes where I'm seeing it more than you guys are as well, but Particularly at home, you are looking and go, ah, oh, but but now it now it's it's changed again. Unfortunately, it's it's kind of no. If we're gonna let's play basic football, hopefully 
make a goal and, and things like that, then I'm I'm all for it now at this point because it's 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 all about points. It's all about points now. It's it's yeah. it's not about style substance for me now. It's it's flipped. Um, until we're safe, mate. I don't care how we get the points. I really don't. No, but um, that, that's it. Like you, you would take one nil at the end of the season. Um, being absolutely, absolutely. if I meant you getting Champions League or one in the league or this, that you know they always say that you'll one nil. But then obviously, we all want to ever cake and eat it, and we want a bit more. But it's it's good that you say that because I can I can use that as a link. But you're talking about the back to basics and, but but he is he is using different cookbooks here because. Away from home, he's all spices and this, that, everything twice as nice. We have, we have a lockdown style that grows expansively, and, and this is where he gives the whole my center halves this way and how they break out, and your center midfielders drop low, and this, that, the other, and your you're number 10 behind your, your center forward, and this all comes together so nice away from home. But at home, it's just fucking porridge, mate. It really yeah. is. It's so hard. I've fallen asleep during every single home game this season. <laughs> and quite a few ones. I'm not going to lie, I have um, it's horrendous. But anyway, when we talk about <laughs> uh, back to basics, well, one player I think, well, has basically benefited from it last season, and and we seen yesterday. I think it's finally worked worked for him because before the game, I was on Twitter saying Dan Juma needs to be starting. Dwight McNeil has been shit in the bed. Basically, it just hasn't been good enough. He's a passenger in a lot of games. And I hadn't been very happy personally. I know I haven't been on the pod, but you guys have heard me in the group. Um, I was about to get the uh, Dwight McNeil stick out of the <laughs> out from under the stairs because I hadn't used it in so so long. But I, I was just thinking, where's this going? And he's grounded and grounded out and worked so hard. And I think yesterday he's back. He's back. He really is. I thought I thought his the way he lifted his head for for, for play, the way obviously he took his goal, his composure for the one was taken off the line. Um, Paul, just take me through what you thought of McNeil yesterday because um, it, it was great just to see it again. We know that we're not just yes, really impressive, mate. I really thought he was uh, yeah, he he was on it yesterday. Weirdly, he he really was. Um, as Lee said, yeah. I think we were a bit cold for the first 10, 15. Um. But now he was back to his old self. He was running. He was getting up and down the line. He was helping out. He was. He was in the mix a lot. He was finding pockets of space. Um, and it, it was really impressive because, you know, as I say, he could be the type of player whose head goes down. Because I'm with you, mate. When he when he was there, and as I say, I'll say it about most of the players we had at the time. I was hating on a lot of them, and I was because it wasn't good enough. It was disgraceful. Um, yeah. But you know, he he was really giving it, and I think it was Aurier at right back for for Forest and. He was dragging them all over the place, mate, in my eyes and from what I could see. And he was drifting more centrally as well, which was nice. And particularly that goal that was off, well, the, the effort that was off the line, which was a tremendous finish as well when you're seeing it from behind oh, the goal. something else. It was fucking brilliant. It really was. Um, I was made up for, I don't know what, I was actually really made up for in yesterday. Um, I thought, no, that's nice. Against, the, against United, I think he, I know the, probably most of the team were poor. But I must admit, I had a, a little bit for him on that game. I thought he was he wasn't trying, and I think when you don't try, mate, when you it, when you, in some eyes you, you you look like you're not trying, mate. That's when you're really coming for it. Um, yeah, because it looked like yeah. he wasn't tracking back against United, and that really pissed me off. But no, he, he was brilliant yesterday. He he was absolutely brilliant. He was up there for man of the match, and uh, yeah, he was just he was I think he was up for it. You could see he, he was back and probably less pressure. A couple of lads I know will go away. Um, they were they were funnily saying to them, 
it's kind of like when we're at home and we're on the players' backs, which we are for a lot, a lot of, lot of extent when things aren't going well. Um, he said, well, away from home, it's kind of like what we'd see. So you can see the, the home fans getting on the backs and Everton stepping up the game after a few minutes. So if the, if the home team aren't doing it, it's the complete reverse. So you can see shades of yeah. Everton getting freedom away from home. So long may continue, mate. I'm, I'm over the moon. But yeah, he was, he was brilliant, McNeil. And I, I made up for him. Seems a really nice lad, humble lad. And, um, yeah. Yeah, like the celebration as well. A little bit of snide, which I always love. Um, <laughs> he was right in it. Like, Good for him. Um, made up for him. Come back and... Uh, Hopefully, you'll continue this form coming into this run of games we got me. Yeah, definitely. Lee, as well, just yesterday when we were chatting, you were just talking about it too, and you were saying about how you loved seeing McNeil, the way he was just, he was finding space in between the lines and he was standing out. And I think I nearly saw you talking about he just dropping the shoulder and, and turning boys, and he just looked so much more mature. Yeah, he was. Do you know what? I actually, no, Paul was just saying about nice making sure players are fully fit. And he obviously got injured in that pre-season friendly. I think he brought him back too soon. If you watch yeah, his first yeah. couple of games, back he was very leggy. He was. He, was shy, he looked like after about an hour, <laughs> he was blown out of his ass. But yesterday... Oh, no, he, he looked it after 20 minutes. Because me yeah. and you definitely had the discussion. If not in the pod, we were on the phone. And we, I'm nearly certain we gave a good 10 minutes to that he shouldn't have been in the team. No, he shouldn't have I think now, I think the last, I know the United game wasn't, I mean, it wasn't great, but the last couple of games before that, I think he played very well against Bournemouth, against Brighton at home. He played well, you know, besides that little blip against United, I think he has been playing well. And for him to tap it off by scoring the winner, and as Paul said, the celebration in front of the Forest fans is um, always good when you can stand there in front of the, up your ears to the fans and tell them to fuck off, basically. <laughs> garden, yeah. Well, no. I just... No, no, sorry. I was, I was just going to say, but Lee, just, just while I have you too, I was just going to ask, what's your, what did you think that the Corey penalty shot? For me, that's a penalty, like, but you know what? We're fucking due one. <laughs> it is. It's it's annoying, though, because as, he, as Steve Cooper rightly pointed out after the match, like, Brighton got one against four against Forest last week, and that's the big problem. They're the type of ones that you don't always see given. They should be because he has all of a share for a good three or four seconds, and it definitely impedes the player from getting to the ball. Now, whether he whether he would have connected with the ball is all hypothetical, but he definitely stops him from trying to get to the ball. So for me, we got away with one. It's a penalty all day. Yeah. But Paul, see the thing with this too, and what's fucking me off is and we're we're seeing it a while out this season. Referees are playing catch up because yeah. they're a fa- they're a fa- I always remember it just always happened. They always just used to happen. They also used to do my fucking head on because <laughs> they would get they're, they're getting decisions wrong, but then in the next game, then they're getting another decision wrong. They try and make up for it, so they're trying to guess. And, and dictate these decisions instead of letting it happen naturally and doing their fucking job properly. And like it's for us and for any team, really, the, the way these fucking useless bastard referees are at the moment, they're, they're horrendous, is that it's going gonna, it's gonna to catch up with us at some point. And I know everyone says all oh, but it levels out, but that's 
that shouldn't be the game, mate. That shouldn't be the game. And these no, referees are constantly playing catch up, aren't they? Or at least for it's, me, I, I think it's so it's us. Either Forest will benefit from it, um, in the next game, or we'll we'll lose out in the Stonewall again because we missed out in the Stonewall in the last game. You know what I mean? It's just absolutely. It's fucking annoying. But like, it's what, an what endless mate. No, it's a, it's an endless mate. But yeah, but they should have been down to ten men, shouldn't they? Yeah, well, there's that too. That's you know what I mean? Fucking... You know, that Felipe was pulling people back. I think he did too. <laughs> really should have walked. You know what I mean? So, you know, we, yeah, he didn't get that one, but we didn't get that one. You know, we haven't had that in a few matches. I think it was the Brighton game as well. I don't where their centre-half should have went for the second yellow. So, yeah, it, the consistency bit, mate, is horrific. It really, it, it, it really is. And you're right. They're trying to make up for, for previous mistakes. By letting a game go or letting a foul go, but then they'll they'll, they'll penalise in the next game because they've been criticised for not doing it from what happened the week before that. So they're yeah. constantly just instead of just applying the rules or looking at it logically and going, well, normally that's a yellow. I, can't, I don't let it slide just because he's on a yellow. That's that's not the way to referee, is it? Um, yeah. If you want to be fair and consistent, because look at Everton's with Ashley Young. Yeah, it was two yellows in the derby at Anfield. He had to go. End of. We all know that. We know he's a liability, and he, those two fouls, he, he should have, he, he did, and he and he walked. It was correct as much as it killed, or he could let this. It was correct, but then you see this game, a clear pullback, which yeah. is a yellow all day long. Nothing. It's just so you're you like shit. You've even got match of the day, like comment. And don't get me wrong, I didn't really mind the commentary for the most part of match of the day, but it was like. Uh, that's a foul anywhere else in the pitch, but in the box, not so much. That shouldn't be the case. <laughs> in the box, not so much. <laughs> but it would nearly make you think that the Premier League and the FA were corrupt. Obviously, they're not. But, you know, it would nearly <laughs> make you think that they were, wouldn't it? Very they're close, mate, yeah. Bastards, fuck the Premier League. But, um, See, mate, there's too much money in it, though. There's too much money in the game, mate. It's destroyed it, do you know what I mean? So, that's the problem for me. It's the money that's been allowed to come in. There are a bunch Just of smelly <laughs> Just touching on that penalty as well, though. It was Felipe's shot that got deflected for the corner. And if Felipe would have been sent off five minutes before, he wouldn't have been there to have the shot. So if the referee would have oh, done the right thing in the first instance, yeah. then the corner wouldn't be given where to call. They should have given away a pen. So swings and Andrew, That was a proper Andrew movie quote moment there. That was like a Gwyneth Paltrow and I uh, was a sliding doors. <laughs> It was a sliding doors moment there. That's really, yeah, really Um, but well, even at that, as I say, like after twenty minutes, I thought we we really got a foothold on it. In the second half, I thought we came out quite composed for as best we could. But it was quite squeaky bum time, wasn't it? Sort of coming towards the end. Four started turning the screw. It's just a good thing that uh, all their forward players are cockeyed and have uh, had their boots in the wrong feet, wasn't it? Just yeah, no, it was. Um, plus, we've got a certain someone who's um, England's number one because I thought some of the I thought the save that he made and then the slide tackle on Alanga was absolutely superb. I'm not lady, I missed those wee bits. I just remember um, it was we'll put it that way. It was a proper center half sliding tackle on the edge of the six yard box. Nice. Like <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> um, and then yeah, we do you know what we 
again, and I was saying this when, when was it the Bournemouth game that yeah the Bournemouth game I went to when it was only one nil. I never felt like they I never felt like they were gonna score. And it sounds yeah. fucking nuts because I've watched Everton for what fucking 28, 29 years now. And I've been let down countless amounts of times by them in the last ten minutes of games. But there's just well, something yeah. something about the way we play away from home at the madness, minute. I'm just calm. Like, don't get me wrong. When it was nil before we scored, I thought, oh yeah. We'll end up nil nil this, but it never occurred to me that we get beat, which is right. fucking strange. Pretty good when we're playing at home. Hey, my fucking my arse is squeezed tight as anything, shite myself because I just think we're going to be shite. But I'm that relaxed. It's like a skydiver's mouth hey, when I'm watching us away from home. It's mental. Never been used to this because we've always been so shit away from home. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah, but great if you think about it, mate. There's some. I'm not just saying it, mate, but. It's it's not as daunting as what it was when you used to go away to to like you know these Man United sides and the old type of Arsenal side stuff like that, mate. It's it's definitely to me a weaker league. Feels that way. Oh yeah, oh hundred percent. I don't get a stress now. I was going to teams. You look at the most most of the teams, the the poor aren't they, mate? Do you know what I mean? The summer, so the poor. Liverpool don't have the squad they won the league. Arsenal don't have the squad they won the league. I don't care what anyone says. You can see how those teams burn out against Guardiola. You just do. And this, because it is faster and it is more frantic. But the league doesn't have the four, like the drug B years, you know, the, the, that period, that, and, and like what, the late 2000s. It's just constantly deteriorated and deteriorated. And I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's not being helped either, though. It's, it's just not being helped with with VAR and, this league and everything because like even fucking 10 points man that makes me sick like after that game yesterday we'd have been sitting 11th after that now we'd have been sitting 12th any Evertonian you think the, the harmonious atmosphere that would be there anyway because none of us expected that and if we were sitting in 12th after this weekend now we'd start thinking to ourselves right we've got some big games coming up like we've got Chelsea coming up and everything you know what I mean like wow what an opportunity to push on to conference speed you would you get some of the more optimistic headbangers, not saying anyone's name, but people like Lee, they'll be sitting saying, <laughs> they'll be sitting saying, we can get conference, we can get conference. You'd have me and John saying, no, we're still going down. We'll probably just be frog mission and go to the But there would have been that opportunity, you know, but it's annoying, but the fight, but as you said, Paul, that was vital. That was massively vital. And, and the fact, the fact now that our waveform that we're so comfortable. And I think it's quite protected because I do not think that we will ever get cocky. I don't think that this team will get cocky we playing away from home. So we've got Palace away in the Cup. So fucking hell, boys. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to win two Cups this season as long as we keep playing at home. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Dice well, is going to be the legend. We're going to have the Dice stand. A big fucking down <laughs> stand with a goatee in this. The seats. Well, we yeah. certainly fucking old Palace one, don't we? After the last FA Cup game that we played against them, I but we fucking went and scored them there too. Let's not forget. Like even at that, they gave us their all, and we still managed to get it at the end. No, and I wouldn't even call it a soccer punch. It was just a good match. That was a good fucking match, and the best team won. So we have that in the locker, you know, and we have players. Calvert Lewin, it's a minor strain. Um, hopefully he's alright. Oh, let's touch on Beto. 
that's from that first chance, boys. I'm not going to rip on them too bad. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave it open for any he's there. But oh my god, I think it's fair to say in the chat I was not impressed with that absolute sitter. Um, do we think he's just too cold, boys, or do you think he's not ready to next year, or what are we thinking? Who wants to go? Because I'm not saying on. Well, I think it's very harsh on that one game to judge him because he hasn't played a lot. But what can it wasn't what the, the chance he missed didn't concern me. It was the two balls that the Corey played to him and he yeah. waited for them. You do not do that in this league. You cannot do that against that. anyone. Against Burnley, well, Sheffield United who are now rock bottom, or against Arsenal who were top. You cannot give defenders time to get the ball, to get in front of you. And that's what worried me, is that if he'd have moved towards them, he'd have probably had either a chance on to have a shot on goal, or he could have played someone else through. And Lad, that's what I, worried I, me. I completely agree with you. I, I was chatting about it earlier when I was talking about McLean. You do, you do not. And this is probably one of my massive frustrations with McElenco. Sorry that we keep going back, but he's such an apt example. But it's like you have to attack the space in the Premier League. You have to be hot-wired. Your mind needs to be going at 110% and you attack space. You preempt where the ball's going and you attack it. And like that was something that Michelangelo was guilty of a wee bit now. And that's why I use it. I'm, I'm not I'm not rubbing on the Michelangelo. I'm, I'm actually very happy with him. But yeah, that as well. I was going to come to that, Lee. So thanks for saying that. But you cannot be static. You cannot no. be static unless your game is static and you can influence it that way. When you're playing off a player, it's just, you, you have to wonder, like, is it, is it, I don't, I don't think he's not good enough, but I'm just like, he's, he's, he's just going to take a wee, a wee while longer because there's definitely bones there for a player. There's definitely bones and a bit of meat on them. It just needs to come together yeah. a bit more, you know. Say, he works, he works hard. He puts himself about. Oh, 100%. So, I think there is definitely something there for him. It's just, I wouldn't. I don't want to criticize him too much because the day he's been, oh. you know, he's been getting the odd five, ten, fifteen minutes, yeah. and it's that's no time to try and influence a game. Yeah, and yeah. because we have been playing well, he's normally coming on just to replicate what Calvert Lewin's done for the first seventy-five to eighty minutes because we're yeah. ahead in the game or we're drawing. Um, no, but it is that that was the one thing that worried me was the um, static when yeah. he could have ran to the ball and either had a shot on goal or played and played the teammate through and then got himself on the end of a cross or something into the box. But yeah. no, I, I, I think he'll do well eventually. It's just, yeah, I think he needs a bit more time and it's a bit, bit harsh to judge him on, yeah. what was this, 75 minutes he played, something like that. But then again, I, I am a harsh bastard and I, it is my right as a football fan, but I'm not going to judge him too hard. But but Paul, just, just one thing with that, though, because Lee makes a really, really good point there. He's, he's being asked to come on and play Calvert-Lewin's game. And then is it a case of, does he really need a year or two to influence his style that the team plays better ball? Do you know what I mean? If that makes sense? Yeah. You know, he wants yeah. to play to get the best of him or does he need to adapt? You know, what would you say? Because the be and the I can't, I can't, you know, I can't sit here and say in the Premier League you have to be able to adapt to every style because there's so many unique centre forwards for for different styles. We've seen one with Forrest there, Chris, and Woods. That if you can't play to his, you know, do exactly how he needs you to play. 
Oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah. Come, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, well, no, but Lee's right there. He, he's not really getting the minutes, is he? So as soon no. as Calvert Loom is fit, he comes straight back in the team. Um, I don't know, it kind of takes me back to 2011, this when uh, we signed Dennis Strachelazy. I knew you were going to say this. And I was willing that lad, willing him on every game. And, and, and Beto's got the balance of a baby giraffe, mate. He literally, he's all legs. And the on ice, yes, and on ice mate. He, so if he can find, I don't know, he, he might build up his strength, stuff like that. Because Serie has, a, I don't know if it still is, I don't watch a lot of Serie A like I used to, but... It's a very slow game, isn't it? And probably you have more time to think. And you're right, I think you're about touched on the, you know, how frantic the Premier League matches are and balls are pinging in at you and defenders are at you and, you know, you don't get time to think. So it's, it is going to take time to adjust and I'm willing to on. I hope he does it, mate. I really do. I hope, I hope he proves to be a really good buy. But in this sort of like... In Dice's formations, I don't see his regular place, mate, if DCL's fit. That's the problem. So he's going to be yeah. constantly coming in cold, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. You know, that's that's, that's not fair on the lad, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, can't judge him too much, but I'm, I'm really willing him on, mate. I, I hope he comes good again. Um, He's he's one of them, and I, I just it just reminds me of when I used to watch Stahlazy, mate, and God, I wanted them to do well. And that, that 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 time he, I think he scored against Chelsea at home. And I've never celebrated the goal like I did like that. I, I think the only thing, to be honest, he looked like a raffle winner. Sakhalez, he was running from all four oh, corners of the ground. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, God love him. God love him. God love him. So uh, I hope he comes good, mate. Uh, he's not. He's not as bad as that. Don't get me wrong. But uh, yeah, he's going to take time, Greg. He's going to take time, mate. Yeah. Definitely, and you know what? We we all want them to get there. It's not like, no, I can't warm to this player. I think we all we all no. want them. You can see his passion. He, you know, from working in K, from leaving Benfica, he working in KFC and he were playing in lower leagues. They yeah. believing in himself <laughs> and having a good network around them. They they push and drive to get to Udinese to get in that big move then to the Premier League. And you know, God love me, ends up at fucking Everton. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. God love him, Mike. Yeah, you know what I mean. Most nightmarish dream he can have, but you know what? Um, brilliant. But um, yeah, no, fantastic. But I just want to close out the pod here. We've already said we're going to wait past touch on last stuff, but I just want to stop one last thing. So James Garner, um, straight away early on, he played a ball in the right. He played Harrison. I think it was Harrison he played in, or Young actually did overlap at this point. But it was absolutely pinpoint right through three players. And I just, I think, I'm nearly certain I wrote on these boys. It was just all Garner is on it. I was all, oh, this is going to be a good one. And so for, uh, for, obviously he got man of the match, right? So he had 44 passes. So he was, he was first on that. Passing accuracy was 84%. Possession one was 11. That was first. Interceptions three. That was first. And final third entries uh, was first with, first with nine. So he was first in all those categories. So it was just so, but. Two things, and when he put these, so do we have our our mainstay in the midfield going forward? And is he the second coming of a midfielder in the mold of Arteta, which we have longed for now for the last decade? Um, Paul, come to you, Bill, first there. Oh, mate, is it too early to go on Arteta? I love Arteta, mate. Um, I already went there about. I don't know, wow. Ever. 
I, I said, I I said I could see it happen. So, yeah. Listen, he, he he looks great. I was just having a little look. He through a few stats. I was looking at his, his sort of his total stats for this season. So fourteen appearances, he's got eighty one percent pass accuracy, which was telling yesterday. He kept it short, kept it simple. Um, you know, no, he's he, he's got everything. I think, mate, in terms of what we'd love as a, as an Everton player. Um, you know, I think I, I think that match winning bit that Arteta had. I think we're yet to see that bit, aren't we? So, you know, you've got your moments with Arteta. And don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not saying that you should have that right away. Um, Arteta just had that little bit of that number 10 that we're looking for, mate, doesn't it? And I think, if I'm honest, we're still looking for that number 10 for me. Maybe it's going to be Ghana in a year or two. Um, and I hope it is. And listen, I hope it is. Saves us a lot of money and a lot of stress if it is. Um but that's has to just done that. Oh, well, in them. Yeah. I, I do think we're going to get much better. I really do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mate. Listen, and, and I want him yeah, to. Yeah. And listen, I made up with him. Made up his. But if we're, if we're going on the arts, like for like just yet, he's not quite at that <laughs> level. That <laughs> is very tongue in cheek, but I do mean in a player who is fearless. Oh, yeah. In a yeah. Like, how long have we watched crabs? Like crabs like <laughs> Gomez doing it for like three, four months realistically on a season <laughs> under uh, Silva. But realistically, we would nothing but boys that would play. Like, uh, it's nearly like when Johnny Hightanger came to the club and just started getting the ball midfield and passing it to the back. It's nearly like midfielders just when they came in, it was part of their induction. They watch a video of him doing that for half an hour. You know, like in like, I'm going full Andrew here, Zoolander, he gets hypnotized and you just pack, <laughs> play a ball backwards. Fuck me, we've been dying for a player that just takes the ball, lofts his head and puts it through. So maybe it is. It's maybe a bit more of like a premature congratulations in forms of we, we have it, we have it, you know, but no, it's just exciting. Oh, right, too, many, too many shit teams I watch with shit midfielders that lift their head and play a ball forward. And then I'm watching oh, Everton fucking shitting in their hands and rubbing their faces with their style of play in midfield, realistically. And it, it just excites me. And you know what? Maybe it's a case of I've been eating fucking eating Weedabix for fucking 10 years and I just got a bowl of Cocoa Pops and I'm like, Jesus Christ, what is this taste sensation? And that's me putting the pain. I could have spoke about shit again and I didn't. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you get the analogy. But Lee, what do you reckon? He's the next uh, Pirlo, yeah? <laughs> I was going to say, he's doing him as a service, Dave. He's the next Pirlo or something like that. <laughs> no. Tell you what, I watched Pirlo up against Chris Baird at Windsor Park. And fuck me, you talk about men versus boys. I was just standing. Got bored and went to the toilet and started getting a fight with Italy fans in. They just got pelted maybe stuff and then the stewards when he kicked me out. So and they walked past me on the head down. But um yeah, so he is the New Zealand, aren't he? Yeah. Do you know what? We all we all said it on the pod at the start of the season when he was playing at like right mid, filling in the right back that he needs to go in midfield and you know, whether you agree with Dice on how long it took him to get him in there or not, but eventually he's got him in there. And enough, I yeah. don't think he's, yeah, he's, I don't think he can be dropped at the minute. And that's no. the biggest compliment you can pay him is that he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet. Well, Ghana was fantastic against them too. So does Onana walk back into this midfield? Because they're getting a, they're start, they are starting to build a bit of a, they were shitting against United, don't get me wrong. But they are yeah, starting to go. I think Onana does come back in. 
and it will be for a Jesse guy. Um, but if he if he doesn't perform, he'll be straight back out. Because as you say, now guy's got a few games under his belt now, and he is starting to look sharper again after this little yeah, injury yeah. that he had. So mm-hmm. if Onana does come straight back in and he's not up to speed, then at least Dice knows he can go and you know throw a Jesse guy back in. Not a problem. Um, yeah. But going back to Ghana, I think yesterday's performance was probably one of the best centre midfield performances I've seen from an Everton player for a long time. Because he had it's it's this is gonna sound crazy, but it was like watching the Barcelona at Guardiola. He seems and I'm not saying he's he's gonna get anywhere near. No, I, get the, I, I, I get what but you're saying. But it just, looked like he had more time on the ball than anyone else on the pitch. <clears throat> and he included all the Nottingham Forest players in that as well. He looked, every I time he got the ball, it was like he was able to look up, look to the sides, and then still decide what he wanted to do with it. It, it was just, it was... It's like it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was... No, no, I'm agreeing with it because he actually quoted uh, when he was being interviewed that... Um, he couldn't even hide from the ball, and you could see that. Even if he wanted to hide in that game, he couldn't. It was just finding him. But again, it's a thing that we've we've credited to uh, some some people credited to Calvert Lewin when the ball goes up and sticks to him and stuff. He's playing in slow motion. We spoke about Brant Branthwaite, how he plays the game at his speed, and it looks so calm and slow, but it's not. And um, that's maybe what's exciting people is that you seen that with Garner yesterday. His tempo, his default tempo didn't phase him and, and players were trying to catch him and his default tempo was there. It's nearly like, if I just fine tuning, you know what I mean? Fine tuning, though, it's getting that engine to a sweet tune and he seems to have it. And long may it continue. Please, fuck. <laughs> He's a great little player, mate. He is. He is a good player. Yeah. Good player. He'll get better. Yeah, he'll... More, more realistically, the second coming of uh, Pensioner Osman, but I'll take that as well because I thought Ozzy in his last three, four years was fantastic for us, but... Yeah, he was. He was. He really was. And he was a late bloomer, Ozzy Bunny. What's that? Ozzy was a late bloomer, mate. If you remember, he, I think he had about four or five loans, I think. And I think Sorry, it was. He got absolutely. He, he, he was the weapon boy. I remember going on the old grand old team forums and the old blue kipper forums, all that stuff. And, um, just he, he just got pelters. He just got destroyed. Um, but I think he was just he was just a player waiting to grow into his brain. Yeah. Is that right? Or his, his style of play or whatever is he needed his brain to catch up with how he wanted to play football. Maybe that's a better way to put it. And I think as he got older, mature, and you had to read the game that bit more, it was just he was fantastic then. Yeah, I remember was. Great yeah, oh, I, I like Osman. It's just a shame how he he was a wee bit of a yes man there too. So there'll always be that wee annoyance with me as well. But <laughs> and sh- a shitty preseason quizzes, getting a bun worse than my fucking oh, podcast. <laughs> Oh, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what color jumper was Todd wearing? Fuck up. Right. Anyway, um, I'll not keep you any longer. I know he's a bit long day, and uh, I really appreciate his coming on. Um, but yeah, we'll catch you in the next one. Up the fucking toffees and fuck the Premier League. Also, Rev smells. See you later. Goodbye. Evan, are we?
Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Evan Army podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with all your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can also catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAW Podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss with us, you can reach us via email at eawpodcast at gmail.com.